here from besttech.com, and this is Techie Bytes episode 52. Today I'm speaking with Mitch Grasso, CEO at Beautiful AI, a company creating a newer and smarter way to design your presentations. Prior to Beautiful AI, Mitch founded SlideRocket, which was acquired by VMware. We discuss raising venture funding, his approach to customer acquisition, important design rules, and more. Enjoy. This podcast is supported by Wix.com. With Wix, you can create your own professional website. Choose a template you love or start from scratch, drag and drop to customize anything, and use advanced design features like video backgrounds and image galleries. You can even add professional business solutions like an online store, booking system, or blog. I've personally tested and reviewed Wix on Best Techie and can say without a doubt that Wix is extremely easy to use and a great choice for both novice and advanced users. So go ahead, try it yourself. Go to Wix.com and create your own website today. That's Wix, W-I-X.com. I'm here with Mitch Grosso, the uh, founder and CEO of Beautiful AI. A uh, Well, I'll let him talk about it, but uh, Mitch has also been a serial entrepreneur and uh, in fact started and sold a, a, another company called Slide Rocket to VMware uh, back, I think, in what, 2011, Mitch? Is that right? Yeah, that's about right. And um, and then you also had another company, I think, uh, AdSpace Networks, which was a, a, all digital signage in malls all over the country as well, that's right? That's correct. Yeah, awesome. still is, in fact. Oh, even even cooler. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm super, I'm super uh, stoked to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to get started with you. The first thing I normally like to do to kind of like kick things off, right, uh, is I like to ask like who you are and what you do. So give us kind of a, a breakdown in terms of your a little bit of your background and uh, what you do on a day to day basis. Sure. Uh, well, my name is Mitch Grasso. I'm the CEO and founder of Beautiful AI currently. Um, I've been doing startups. I, I haven't worked for somebody else for 22 years. You know, uh, this is my third startup. Uh, as you, as you mentioned, um, I grew up on the East Coast um, in New Jersey, and I actually started my career more in design. I was uh, doing uh, 3D animation and motion graphics and things like that. And uh, when I moved out to the West Coast in the early 90s to work uh, for a, uh, a company that was doing multimedia slot machines, uh, it was called Silicon Gaming. So the, the first sort of touch screens and digital slot machines uh, that came onto the market and was basically creating uh, artwork and games for them and um, eventually sort of left that company and, and, and founded what became AdSpace Networks, which is a digital, digital signage company, meaning we put sort of plasmas and LEDs into malls and movie theaters and, and ran advertising on them. Uh, did that for about eight years uh, until around 2000 uh, or so, and uh, left to start SlideRocket, which was a, a presentation software in the cloud. Um, the idea being, I, I, as a designer, um, I was frustrated with PowerPoint, and, and I wanted sort of the best of Keynote and Photoshop and Adobe design products all sort of rolled into one uh, design tool. By that time, I'd become somewhat of a okay engineer and was able to sort of build up the technology myself and uh, ended up, you know, 
raising money for that company and, and growing it to a, a few million users before we ultimately sold it to VMware in, in 2011. Um, Slide Rocket at its heart was a, an authoring tool. As I mentioned, it, it, was, it was a tool for me as a designer. And I could be successful in it. I could create these beautiful presentations. Designers could create great presentations. But as we grew, we found our customers were, were not as successful. They were still creating ugly presentations. They were still building <laughs> lots of bullet points and, and frustrated. And, and, and so I didn't get a chance to do this at Slide Rocket before I, I sold it, but, but I always had this idea of how, how could I make this easier? How could I, you know, these business commercials with the, the big red make it easy button and we would have right, those staples conversation. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, uh, and, and, and so I ended up going to VMware for about three years and when I got out in uh, 2014, you know, this idea of like, how could I make this better stuck in my head? I really didn't want to do another presentation software startup. I, I was sort of burned out on it, but I kept coming back to this. And so through through 2014 and 2015, you know, I was my, my LinkedIn was basically relaxing, figuring out what's next. And I, I was sort of working on what became Beautiful AI, which was this anti-authoring tool. It was like, what if I flipped it on its head? What if I made the software be the expert instead of the user have to be the expert and took my design experience and knowledge and other people's best practices and sort of coded it into the software so that it did all the design and it did all the layout for you and you as the author all you needed to focus on was telling your story and basically built up that technology over a couple years on and off and early 2016 i sort of changed my linkedin profile to working on a startup secret startup and i had some vcs reach out to me and i was like ah, I, I guess i'm fundraising i guess i'm building another company <laughs> right and uh so we raised uh, about five and a quarter million from shasta and first round in the summer of 2016 or i should say i did uh and then started building the team um we launched the product last year um in february um and things are going amazing um we've got about a half a million users on the tool and uh tons of activity we're going to roll out our paid plan this summer and the feedback's been tremendous so it's been great awesome I mean, that sounds that sounds really cool so i have a couple questions one uh when you when you were working on the ad space networks uh company uh so, so the, what was the business model so you guys had to pay the upfront cost for all the hardware and then you basically rented out the, the space or so, or what, so what was we did the model both. Yeah, we did both. Um, originally, when we originally started the company, um, my co-founder and I, uh, Lou, we, we were actually focused on the casino space, um, you know, coming out of the, the, the Silicon gaming, uh, that was a space that we knew. And we built this technology and the idea was that we were selling it to casinos and then ultimately to retailers to have their own sort of captive network. So we had customers like Nike Town and Macy's and they would, you know, put these, buy the technology, buy the hardware, uh, put the technology and, and, and create their own little networks within their, within their retail spaces to run content. Um, the, the story was I was about a year or two into it and, uh, I really didn't want to be in the casino space anymore. The the couple years I was at Silicon Gaming were quite enough, mm. um, and and I was I was literally going to tell my co-founder that I was I was going to move on. And he was he was like I was walking through the mall today and I realized we could put the signs in the mall. I was like that's pretty cool. And so I never told him that I was leaving. And, <laughs> and we ended up you know raising a bunch of money on top of that. And so then we rolled out a mall network where 
uh, and movie theaters where we we put the signs in at our own capital expenditure um, put in we actually put in satellite dishes on the roofs of buildings and oh wow and you know because wi-fi was just not a thing and then we got uh advertising contracts uh to run ads on them so that was a big challenge with ad space i mean it was a, it was a big learning experience of about focus you know on one hand we were still selling these these you know deals to 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 retailers and and, and the captive networks and then we were our own ad network and it was a lot to bite off for a 20, 30, 40 person company. And so ultimately in 2004 or five, I guess it was, I'm getting the dates mixed up, but um, <laughs> uh, we, we made the decision to sell off the media side of the business, sort of split the technology from the media business. And, and so the, the media business became ads, what is still ad space networks. I think they just actually rebranded as Lightbox, And so they're, you know, running in like, uh, 300 malls or something like that. Um, you know, they're still around. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not involved with it anymore. It's kind of weird that there's this company that's gone through iterations of people that I was a founder of, but I have no, you know, right. You have no connection to anymore, right? Yeah. I, I imagine I have a little bit of equity somewhere, but uh, <laughs> it really doesn't. Well, that, that, um, yeah, that's a, that's really interesting. That's really cool, actually. Uh, I mean, it's 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 it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like. It's like watching your kind of kid grow up, but without like being hands-on with it, <laughs> almost. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I definitely did that more earlier. I mean, it's just been, I mean, we started that over, I guess about 20 years ago. So it's kind of yeah. crazy how, how long it's been. Um, and so ultimately I went with the technology um, because I was at that point, the VP of product and, and, and doing all the product stuff. I had become somewhat of an engineer at that point. So I was writing code and, and doing UX and UI design and product management. And so I went with the product. That company got acquired by uh, a bigger company up in Portland. I didn't want to move to Portland. So they gave me the ability to sort of stay on for six months and they'd give me six months uh, of severance. And I, I basically used that, that runway to bootstrap Slide Rocket. Mm -hmm. uh, and and so built that up, yeah. So so let's 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 shift to uh, to beautiful AI and let's talk. Um, so you, you mentioned a little bit in terms of you were you were you were feeling burned out in that space after having uh, done Slide Rocket and obviously uh, selling it to VMware. I'd imagine. Um, I mean, I don't know what the cap table looked like, but I'd imagine you had some money that you uh, you got from that that sale. But ultimately, when you decided to 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 switch, um, you know, your LinkedIn profile, as you said, which I actually I looked at your profile and it, it literally does say you were relaxing <laughs> for like a year and a half or something, which is which is great. <laughs> which every every everyone should should uh, should definitely take time uh, to to you know to relax. Uh, it's one well, of the things. Well, it's a lot that easier I've after been... you sell your startup. But uh... yeah, that's certainly true. It's that the hundred percent true. And I. I've been of the of the mindset. We, this could be a whole other topic we could talk about, I'm sure. But like, I've been of the mindset that this whole hustle, uh, porn, if you will, is a bit out of hand. <laughs> but, um, but nonetheless, so you switched back. You decided you got some interest from VCs. It seems like immediately. Um, what before before even switching your status? Like, what made uh, on LinkedIn? What what made you want to go back? to kind of a, a, uh, the, essentially almost the same industry, at least in, 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 you know, in the foundation of it, of the foundation. Right. Well, this, I mean, this is all a really 
big, long, interesting story, which we, we can we can dive in as much as we want. But you know, when you sell your company, I mean, I, I did financially, I did really well. Um, you know, we sold our company. We were only three years into it. I still owned a fair amount of equity. Um, it was a great sort of outcome for me personally. But you get acquired by this company, and, you, and everybody's seen sort of like you know Silicon Valley with the the guys on the roof of Hooli who have nothing mm -hmm. to do, and you know. That's sort of what ended up happening to me. So while while it was a great financial outcome from a from a personal sort of experience, it was it was terrible. Uh, it was sort of every cliche of the founder selling their company to a big one and losing control and 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 you know there was retention. Was that and, loss of control immediate? Like did like did, was it? It was, like... it was it was fairly quick. Um, mm -hmm. And and so the the the, the backstory there is you know when you sell your company, generally there's a champion. Uh, in that company who sort of made that decision. In our case, it was uh, the co-president of, of VMware. And, and, and so VMware was excited about like competing in, uh, back with Microsoft and building a productivity app sort of suite. But the problem was six months after we got acquired, he left the company, he got pushed out. Oh. And suddenly yeah, okay. VMware was like, hey, why the heck do we have this, you know, presentation software where, uh, where an enterprise sort of, you know, uh, company that's selling yeah. these 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 hard this this hardware these virtualization servers, um, you know what are we doing with this? And so we kind of became this orphaned kind of child, and and they ended up sort of de-resourcing the, the 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 tool, and and then ultimately selling it off. And so I spent really the three years that I was there trying to keep from getting fired, uh, you know, try, trying to you know. Save be valuable it. to the company yeah. and, and, and stay there and work on it. I mean, I wasn't even working on Slide Rocket anymore. Okay. Um, and, and so it was just it was just a real challenge for me. And so coming out of that, when I finally left, I mean, I left about a year before I I, I was supposed to leave and, and I was just like, I'm done. Um, I just, there was really a crisis of confidence. It, it was, it was you know, you, you sell your company and you feel like you're hot shit and then you <laughs> right. kind of get beat down by this big company and you, you come out and you're like, wow, I, I, I'm not sure, you know, can I do this again? Should I do this again? You know, and, and that's sort of where I was at for a while. I mean, I tried to do a bunch of different projects with some other people. Um, nothing really took. And eventually I kind of got over myself, I guess, and, and, and started, you know, getting excited about this, this new idea. And, you know, that's what I do. I like to solve problems. And, and I've, in my career, I've tended to gravitate towards solving design problems. You know, ad space was about, you know, how do we get design onto these signs and, and, and thinking about, you know, creating content for portrait screens and tools for creating dynamic content. And then Slide Rocket was obviously a pure authoring tool, which was, you know, taking the best of all those other authoring tools and sticking it into the cloud and adding all this collaboration and, and, and online stuff. And then Beautiful AI turned out to be the hardest thing I've ever done, which was how do I take my design experience and I, and I write code? And, I, and then challenge was, was enjoyable. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so, yeah, and then, and then, like I said, I, you know, I didn't really know what I was gonna do. I sort of joked, I was sort of like, I'm just gonna build this technology and I'll just sell it for $10 million. And everyone would go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and, and, right. and then, I, so I changed my LinkedIn profile. I, I, I had these the VCs reach out to me. I met them for coffee. 
it turned out that, you know, me being in the presentation space had a lot of weight for them. Like the previous success, the VCs are really focused on what they call founder market fit or founder product fit. Right. And, and I fit really well. I'd had success. I, I knew the space. They were excited about what I was doing and it made it a lot, it made it very easy uh, to raise that money. And that felt good. I mean, that felt uh, like I was on to something. I mean, I, basically I, in the summer of 2016, I, I met with five VCs and I got term sheets from two and a half of them plus first round who were the people I first met with. And it only took a month to, to raise that money. Ironically, in the midst of that, I did get an offer from a bigger company to sell the company to them for $10 million. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I, I ultimately turned it down because at that point I was excited. I had some term sheets and I was like, I, I, I want to build this. Um, right. And I didn't want to go to a big company and, and the fear of what had happened with that happened previous before, experience. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't want to repeat that. So, um, yeah. So ultimately, uh, you've I've re I think you've raised a little over sixteen million dollars in the last year, uh, oh, well, over the last couple of years, correct? You you had two two uh, two uh, rounds of funding. Yeah, we raised a B from Trinity. Um, we actually managed to raise that before we even launched the product. And again, it's just sort of that's fell usually, into that. I I totally feel like that's the smart way to go, especially. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it was you, you, it was an interesting debate. I mean, yeah. you know, you're sitting there, you're about to launch your product, you've got a VC coming to you. It says, "I'm excited about this. I want to do a round now." And you, the question for yourself is like, "But if I wait six months, like I was planning to, I'll have this traction under my belt. Um, what if I knock it out of the park that first six months? Will I be able to get a better valuation? Will I be able to raise more money? Or do I take the risk off the table and raise the money now and potentially?" it's a little bit more expensive money, uh, meaning that I, I take a right. little bit more dilution. Um, and ultimately, I was I was excited enough about uh, Karan Marandu, the, the partner, and, and sort of the not having to worry about fundraising for another couple years that I made the decision to, to sort of short circuit that process. Yeah, I, I, coming at it from a founder perspective, I'd probably agree with the assessment you made and, and uh, on that. I, I, I'm curious, so, from what I understand about about beautiful AI so far, is the team's fairly small, right? So, uh, how how are you spending the money you've raised uh, to date, and what are your plans for it? Well, I mean, forward? we're we're actually at, I think we're at nineteen employees now, so it, it's it's not that inexpensive. I mean, the burn mm -hmm. you know is, is north of four hundred k, and you know there's no revenue as of yet. So right now, you know, we've got money through through the close to the end of next year, um, but I'd say ninety percent of of the funds are just going to salary. Um, it's you know we, we do a little bit of marketing spend, but it's 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 roughly twenty k a month or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and you know you've got an office in San Francisco which is expensive, and you've got salaries in San Francisco which are expensive, and you've got perks in San Francisco which are expensive, and and you know. That's most well, basically of it. everything in San Francisco is expensive, very yeah. much like New York City. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's yeah. it's it's crazy. Uh, to be honest, uh, I mean, I had this conversation the other day where if I had known how much competition and how hard it is to hire now in in in, in San Francisco proper, I would have really considered whether I wanted to do a startup here. Um, I was just going to ask you that. Would you ever consider doing a distributed team? 
it's really hard for me. I mean, I really thrive on the collaboration and the and the and the the, the socialization of stuff in person. I really mm-hmm. like everyone to sort of be in the same space and debating and and having conversations. So I've always been leery of of distributed teams because those people it's really it, it takes a lot of effort and and to be honest managing a team and, and 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 getting that culture up and running is not really what i want to be focused on not my strong suit suit mm-hmm. um and so I've, I've i've tried not to do that um but yeah gotcha so let's talk a little bit about the the raising of, of, of the funds the 16 million dollars uh, today, um, so from from my understanding, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, please. Uh, you had built some of a product, or uh, you know, the early iterations of a product when you had first met with these VCs. But obviously, you know, I I don't believe you uh, used it in any way for your pitch. In fact, um, your the pit or the meeting that you took wasn't really even a pitch. What was it? What was it like early on? When you were raising uh, that money, well, so early in that summer, when the when uh, Rob Hayes from First Round, so Rob was the first investor in Uber, and he was somebody I'd known from my Slide Rocket days, and he was one of the VCs that reached out to me when I changed my LinkedIn profile, and I was like, well, I'll meet with you, but I mean, it's got to be casual. I don't have a pitch. Uh, I, I haven't been fundraising. Let's just meet at Pete's for coffee, and so I showed him the product, and 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 you know, it kind of went from there. Um, and so it worked so well that from then on, I, I just decided not to create a pitch. And I, I just would tell each VC that I was meeting with, I said, I, I need to keep it casual. I don't have a pitch. I just want to, you know, have a conversation. Mm-hmm. They all genuinely seemed refreshed by that. I, I think. I, I feel I like think, I feel like they that something. You know, yeah, it, it's it's a different approach. It's 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 kind of unique. It's you know, yeah. it just feels better. I feel like I, I, for both I parties. Certainly, but I certainly acknowledge the irony of the fact that I was building a presentation software and wasn't creating <laughs> presentations to pitch. Right. Then with uh, with Trinity during the B, same thing happened early on with Quran. But uh, then when I did the partner meeting, um, you know, where you go in and you meet with all of the partners and sort of have to do that that the real big pitch. That's the the, the yes or no comes out of that meeting. In that case, I actually used the tool to build the pitch in the meeting. Uh, so I started with a blank deck, and as, as I was talking, I, I kind of showed off how easy it was to use the tool by actually building, you know, 10 or 15 slides during the meeting, and that went off mm-hmm. really well. What, what, what kind of content was on those slides? Like, what, what, were, what, what worked for you? Obviously, you were successful in raising the money. Uh, when you, what was on the slides that you, that you put together for them? Um, a lot of it was talking about the space and, and, and sort of framing things and some of it was the meat and potatoes of, you know, what the team looks like and, and, you know, what the market looks like or what the competitive space looks like. I don't know that I necessarily followed the, the best practices for, for building a pitch, which are kind of, you know, why, why you, you know, right. what's amazing about what you're doing and why now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I sort of did handle those things, maybe not in quite so linearly right. and direct about. Yeah, definitely. I feel like those were addressed, you know, just with who you are and what you had done, right? Um, those were kind of already part. out of the way. Yeah, it was a big part of it. I mean, well, the, the, the why now and, and, and you know, I, I, think it, I think I benefit from the fact that everybody understands that presentations are a big space and there's a lot of opportunity here and that there's this one entrenched, you know, legacy – uh, product called PowerPoint that nobody's right. happy with. I mean, um, I think that's why this worked so well for me. I think in the past, 
I think one of the challenges with pitching to VCs is you, you, you know, they're human, right? And and so they're going to gravitate towards things that they get and things that they can understand. And anything else doesn't mean it's not going to get funded, but it's it's a, it's a bigger sell. Like they've got to come up come up to speed. While I was pitching Slide Rocket, it was a sales and marketing tool. It was all about like creating this these sales create slides and then they could share them with marketing and they could update them and we weren't really focused on the authoring aspect and and generally these guys are, are not people who are creating presentations they're not having those problems and so it was a little more work to kind of get that story across with beautiful ai it just was so self-evident when i sit there and build a pitch and they see how quickly it can be done and how beautiful it ultimately looks it's hard to you know not get why this is potentially a huge product yeah no uh, super interesting i let's i want i have some questions about that but we're gonna actually take a quick break real real uh real fast and we'll be back in just under a minute this podcast is supported by hrefs so you have a website and you want to rank better of course you do hrefs is designed to be an amazing all-in-one seo tool in fact i've been testing it and it lets me do things like generate millions of keyword ideas discover new trending keywords every month examine the ranking history of my site's individual pages and even identify content gaps and opportunities they also just launched the latest beta of their keywords explorer product the new keywords explorer features clickstream data from 10 major data sources including google youtube amazon bing and yahoo so now when you start seeing even more best techie all over the web you know who to thank go ahead check them out at a h refs Dot com. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com. Oh, and feel free to tell them I sent you. And we're back. So, Mitch, before before the break, we were talking about how you uh, basically utilized your product during your VC pitch um, in an effort to, you know, sell them on the on, on why the product should be invested, why you should be invested in, why the company and the product should be invested in. And... To date, um, you know, what is, how is the product, um, I, I guess, how has the product differed uh, aside from the fact that it makes better looking presentations from, let's say, a Prezi or even, you know, PowerPoint, like you mentioned, the legacy kind of, uh, yeah. you know, uh, well, again, in the room? Again, th- those are authoring tools. Those are tools that give you a blank screen. You know, they might have templates or things like that, but generally they give you a blank screen and they say, here are a bunch of tools that you can use to design whatever you want. You can draw boxes, you can put text on them, you can align things, you can move them around, you can set colors. You're basically being a designer. Our tool is about smart templates or smart slides where instead of starting with a blank canvas, you sort of communicate with the tool what is your intent? I want to show growth. I want to show comparison. I want to talk about team. I want to show financials. And then you're given a bunch of choices of different templates that you can use. Then your job is just to fill in the data. You don't make design decisions. As you type in, as you add team members, the the the, the graphics relay out and position them to fit everything and look good. As you, you know, sort of want to compare different items, you can keep adding more items and it will kind of, again, relay out. So it's all about, you know, you focused on telling your story instead of making design decisions. And that ultimately, 
results in probably a presentation that looks better than you might be capable of doing on your own if you were designing, but also makes it incredibly quicker to build because you're just not dealing with all those frustrating authoring aspects of how do I align these text boxes? Alignments and and where to place everything that goes. Yeah. The also benefit is it, it keeps your brand and your style consistent. You're always going to look good. So you could kind of think of it as like Squarespace for presentations. Um, you know, it's it's really designed for people who are not designers who but who who need to communicate visually, and are frustrated with you know the current tool set, which is generally pretty much about it. Everyone. Gotcha. So let me ask you a quick question on that. So so if a company comes up, for example. You have some per, uh, some pretty big brand names on your website as Social Proof, Intuit, New Relic, Deloitte, Samsung, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So do they get to, so when they sign up for your product? Do they get to um, provide, let's say, their employees with a set of kind of uh, branding already branded templates, smart templates, if you will, or or is that part still free, um, kind of for the uh, creator of the of the presentation to to play with? Or, or well, I guess is each company different? Yeah, you know, each company can sort of customize their theme and they can set sort of different styles from a kind of an a la carte menu. I, I like circles or thicker lines or this is my color palette. I want this logo in the corner. And you sort of build this 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 theme that you can use across the presentations. We're, we're pretty early when it comes to team and and collaborative tools we've been more focused on the individual i mean we've got users from all these these companies but our focus is not we're we're not selling we're not reaching out to them it's all organic at this point um one of the things i I mentioned before that you know i uh, at ad space i i I didn't have great focus this had the same problem at slide rocket where early on at slide rocket you know from day one we were enterprise sales and we were a freemium tool that was you know being used by individuals and students and 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 singular people and that lack of focus that that dealing with big companies who were were coming and and and, you know they were going to pay you a lot of money but they had all these requirements and 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 security requests and things you had to deal with and then how do you sort of feed this virality and this organic growth that you're getting from the free users was really at odds with each other. And and so this time around, I made the decision that I was only going to focus from the bottoms up, meaning only focus on individuals early on until I get that problem, you know, the, 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 the challenge of how do I create this system that, you know, you can, you can, is as flexible as you need it to be, but as locked down as it, as it has to be in order for you to build these beautiful presentations easily, I'm going to focus on that before I start worrying about selling to companies or even monetizing. I just wanted to get that right. And so we're coming to the tail end of that. You know, we're, we're actually this summer going to roll out more team and collaborative features as part of paid tiers So because we're getting so much pressure from companies like these to actually sell to them. But to date, we've just sort of we don't treat them any differently than any other individual. They get the same tech support. They get the same product. They get the same access. So it's been great to see companies rolling out tens, twenties, hundreds of people onto the product, even though the tool doesn't really support that. Particularly gotcha. So, so, so obviously uh, it seems like the product is good enough that, that they're willing to forego, uh, you know, those things, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, you know, so uh, yep. that props to you and props to your team for that. 
Yeah, I think I think the core experience is pretty compelling, and and you know I think of it in terms of the the, the everyone laughs at me, but my analogy or metaphor is always a, you know, we're building this meatball, and then there's the sauce that goes on top of it, and the meatball <laughs> is the sort of you know, core authoring experience. And we've got to get that right before we worry about the sauce of collaboration and security. And, and you know, how do I deprovision a user that's come into my team and things like that. But they're all things that need to be done in order to, to actually start charging and selling and, you know, single sign on and, and all that sort of, you know, meat and potatoes kind of things right, that need right. to be done. And, and so yeah, we're in no, the process of, of rolling those out now. I can totally relate to that. Having built uh, Kaya, the, uh, the analytics company I was working on for a handful of years, um, very similar in in the sense, we, you know, a lot of the a lot of what I did uh, it was, um, fig, you know, I guess at the end of the day is product management, fig, you know, figuring out our roadmap and our getting customer feedback, relaying it to the team, making sure that our roadmap kind of uh, also still aligned with where customers wanted to go, but also at the same time realizing. You have to prioritize certain things, right? You can't do everything at once. It's 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 impossible uh, at that the point. The biggest yeah. part of product management is it's all just prioritization, taking all yeah. those inputs from all those different places and figuring out what do we do next. Yeah, absolutely. So 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 you so you I guess you don't have a sales team. It doesn't seem like uh, obviously because you're not selling the product yet. Um, how did you how how did how did I guess well, a how did you how did companies find out about you in the first place like. Uh, and, and, and how did and how did you convince them, or was it just the product that ended up convincing them? Yeah, like uh, I said, we, we don't it. convince anyone uh, directly. I mean, we're not selling. Um, every seventy five percent of our of our user base is organic or word of mouth. Um, we, we do a little bit of AdWords and a little bit of YouTube videos, and you know that drives some people. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority has been, uh, you know, through word of mouth. Um, you know, we bootstrapped early on we got a product hunt nice product hunt hit and that drove you know 5,000 signups or something over a couple weeks and it's just been growing and growing since then Um, and like I said we're you know we're close to half a million you know total users after a little over a year um, and things are just accelerating so I mean the great thing about presentations sorry I didn't mean to interrupt but is that they are inherently kind of viral, right? They're meant to be shared. Uh, there aren't a lot of sort of business tools that you know you do that with. You don't share your Asana task list with your co uh, with uh, with your clients. You don't uh, you know expose your CRM tools to people outside your company. But presentations are a social tool. They're meant to be distributed. They're meant to be shared, and so that really helps That's us. That's actually that a really stuff. interesting point. Yeah, I mean, if you're and if, especially if you're if they're cloud based, you know, has a URL or whatever, um, you know, that links obviously it's linking back to you. There and someone new is finding out about your product through that. I would imagine. Yeah, there's opportunities for for self branding, and these are things that you you want to upgrade to get rid of that sort of beautiful AI logo at the end of your presentation and things like that. Right. Cool. So I want to shift gears slightly. I want to talk about uh, more about you on a personal kind of individual level. Uh, you've been doing this for a long time, uh, 20 plus years, it seems, uh, uh, you know, how do you, how do you stay productive, um, every day? You know, what, are, any tips, tools, apps, anything that you recommend for other, uh, you know, other, other I mean, entrepreneurs I, or, or people who are uh, in tech or whatever? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think I use any apps that are 
or tools that are outside of the mainstream. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know those. I don't think those are what drive my productivity. I think productivity comes from within. Mm -hmm. uh, I just love what I'm doing, and I'm just obsessed about solving these problems. And I can't do it enough of it. You know, I, I, I there's there's too much to do, uh, and and uh, it's 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 less a question of how do I stay productive and more do I, how do I, you know, get all this stuff done that needs to get done. I feel, you that. know, <laughs> I, I enjoy multitasking. I've been always been able to kind of, you know, zip back and forth and not feel like that is too disruptive. Um, so I can, I can spend some time doing one thing and then jump to another thing and it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't frustrate me. Um, but, you know, I guess productivity, again, I guess productivity is easy when you enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I find it hard to agree, uh, disagree with that. I, cause for me, uh, you know, productivity is all about, you know, I, I find aside from the, with, you know, from within the within part, um, one thing that really helps me, uh, is just making lists and then, and then checking things off as I do them. Right. Um, I think it's the the feeling that you get when you you see you fully accomplished one particular item. It just kind of makes you feel good, um, and I, I just found that to be a helpful way for me to kind of organize my thoughts in my head and get them out, and then you know see that I'm accomplishing them. Uh, but yeah, I mean everyone's different. Obviously, I always like to ask about tips and things because yeah, I mean you know, everyone has different ideas. For right or for wrong, I, I, I'm not list driven like I, I, I keep everything in my head and maybe it would be better if I did document more but uh, mm -hmm. I don't know it seems to be working <laughs> as long as it works for you right now you know you can always yeah. change it if something something stops working at one point that's the beautiful thing about being human I guess you're adaptable <laughs> yeah um, let's talk a little bit about uh, before we get to the lightning round let's talk a little bit about um, design rules obviously you mentioned early on that you're you know you're dri you're driven by design and um you know it's important to you and you want to make sure that your product beautiful ai can, you know helps people create really great looking presentations uh are there any particular design rules that you live by and for anything or or pro um, even for product stuff or whatever well i mean in a general sense simple is better and and i like things to be easy to comprehend and understand and and you know that's often an iteration process of like getting things right like i'm i'm not the kind of person who knows the answer to a design challenge maybe beforehand it, you know i like to see stuff and then sort of go oh that's not quite working let's try this let's tweak this and so you know the 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 biggest rule of, of design for me is that you have to iterate to get it right. You never get it right the first time. You don't mm -hmm. start a painting, you know, like even writing code is, is to me like a design, a, a, an artistic kind of output. You know, you, you, you never start any project in the upper left-hand corner like you're like a robot painting a picture and, and you know, just sort of get it act, exact. You, if you imagine if you're, you know, building a, 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 a sculpting a, a statue you know it starts out kind of vague and and then things become more detailed and and and, and more designed as, as you move deeper and deeper um and i think that's that's a big part of it um you know in we've benefited as as what we're trying to do from a lot of the the current design styles being 
lots of white space, simple, clean, not, you know, we're not in this world of 3D drop shadows anymore and, and, and all that kind of ornamentation, which would make it difficult for me to do what, what the product does. So we've benefited from sort of the current trends, uh, which are, are just cleaner and more minimalistic. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I've found is that, you know, from my opinion, presentations, they're really not an opportunity for personal expression. Um, you know, it's not about building a presentation that like looks pretty. It's about building a, a visual communication, a story. And your goal is to communicate your idea, your message as cleanly and quickly as possible. You don't want the design to get in the way of that. You don't want people to be looking at a slide going, I'm not quite sure what they're trying to say there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because you've been creative, overly creative um, with with the way you represent it, and and so, you know, we try and 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 come up with more, you know, maybe not as dangerous design, maybe not as cutting edge, but but very comprehensible, very communicable uh, design. So it's like a timeline. I get it. It's a timeline. It doesn't need to be a squiggly timeline or like crazy with, you know, emoticons everywhere. It's it's about, you know, keeping it simple so that your audience is focused on what your message is. Because presentations ultimately are are, are not the front and center. They're a tool to support you as as the presenter. You know, the focus should be on you. The presentation is there to kind of help you and sort of structure your your pitch or your your meeting or your uh, whatever it is you're trying to communicate and not the the lead itself. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, you know, oftentimes I feel like uh, people, you know, get carried away with the design elements trying to make it, you know, more personalized, uh, fit a particular mood or whatever. And um, really, ultimately, a presentation, as you mentioned, is just about communicating data, visual, you know, insights, uh, your thoughts across in a clear, coherent manner for everyone to kind of see. Uh, so yep. I get that. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, all right. So Mitch, we made it through. Uh, I feel like it is time now for the lightning round, which of course is supported by Wix. You can create a professional website today. That's wix.com. That's wix.com. So, Mitch, whenever you're ready, you let me know and we'll get started. Sure, let's go. All right, here we go. Would you rather be able to read minds or teleport? Teleport, I hate traveling. (laughs) Nice. Um, What is one food you could never bring yourself to eat? I'm not a big fan of onions. Really? Interesting. No, No kind of onion, not... Not the white kind or the uh, red kind. I've, I've learned to deal with pickles and uh, uh, like caramelized. I can, uh-huh. I can handle those now, but raw onions can't eat them. It really cool. sucks. I, I, I love onions. They're one of my favorite toppings. That... It's, it's, a pain, it's a pain in the butt because onions are everywhere. But uh, Yes, yeah. they are. Uh, what's, your, what's the most recent, recent show you've binge watched? Uh, I just watched Good Omens. Is that what it's called? Yeah. On Is Amazon. that on Netflix? Oh, Amazon. It's on Amazon. Yeah. Gotcha. Book or ebook? Ebooks, hundred percent. All right, last one. If someone made a movie of your life, would it be a drama, comedy, rom com, action film, or science fiction? 
I would hope it'd be like a sci-fi action movie. That would be the most fun. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, oh, Mitch, I always well, feel I, like I, I missed my career, and uh, I always wanted to be a make movies, but uh, like, a, like you wanted to be like an actor or like a director or what? No, director. When I got out of college, I, I was either going to go to law school or film school, and I ended up doing neither, and it worked out pretty well. So, <laughs> well, maybe now, maybe after, maybe after this startup, you can find some time to uh, <laughs> to make some movies. Uh, Mitch, I really appreciate having you on. I feel like there's so many other things we could talk about. You have a, 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 a really interesting background and a lot of different experiences. But uh, if anyone who's listening wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, well, you can check out the product at www.beautiful.ai. And uh, you can reach out to me personally at Mitch at Beautiful.ai. Awesome. Well, Mitch, again, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. And, and just to clarify, the product is still free, correct, uh, at least until some point this summer? Um, the product will always have a free version, but yeah, okay. we're rolling out a, a premium tier this summer at the uh, end, uh, end of July. Very nice. Well, Mitch Grasso, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a, a great rest of your day. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Thanks for listening to Techie Bites. Stay tuned for more episodes every Tuesday with awesome interviews and conversations about technology and business. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting the podcast at anchor.fm slash besttechie and or by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Both ways help us greatly and are much appreciated. So thank you. Until next time, we'll see you. And remember, remember, take care of your computers.